This is Carpe Noctum with Dylan and Dylan. Oh my god. That was a cool intro. We should do that more often. I know. That was just, you know, we're just winging it. And so, turn into something cool. It did. So before we get into stuff, there's something I need to say. Oh, I actually haven't told you about this yet. Oh, so one of the one of my friends at work, he and his wife are going on a road trip to Colorado, and they I think they left, I think either Friday or Saturday night. And Friday when we were at work, we got on the topic. I don't remember how. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a podcast, which I told him about before, and then it just kind of came up again. Uh-huh. And he was like, ah, you know what I'm gonna do? And he's like, you got oh. nine episodes. <laughs> it's a nine-hour oh, no. ride. Oh no! <laughs> to Colorado. Oh no! So we're gonna listen. To all nine episodes <laughs> on the way, and I'm gonna make oh, my no. wife listen to it. Oh no! Like, if I do that, I want an apology from you to my wife on your next episode, so we can uh, listen to it on the way back from Colorado. Yeah. So Kyle, if you did actually listen, or if you didn't listen to all nine, but like thirty minutes of one of them, yeah, Kyle's that's wife. A, that's more than enough. I am sorry. Yeah. That he made you... And I, I I apologize as well. I'll oh, jump in on this. We're sorry. We are sorry. We're sorry, Kyle's wife. Oh, uh, God. So, I guess I'll see you tomorrow, Kyle. Oh. <laughs> and we'll see how this goes. Actually, no, I think he's, he might be gone all this week. I was going to say, when yeah, is he coming gone. back? He's, you know, so, I was, so, I'll see you, I think, next week. All right. Yeah, I'll see you next week, Kyle. And if you're listening to this... Hope you had a great trip. And again, I'm very sorry that you've had to put up with us for even a short amount of time in your car ride with each with uh, with each other. I'm uh, we haven't met, but I'm sorry too. And now that's out of the way. We can start <laughs> the podcast. This is a great way to start a podcast for apologizing for our podcast. Yeah, we're apologizing that people have to listen to our podcast. Yeah. So if you're listening to this. And you're willingly doing it, and not to torture your wife. Oh my god! Why? Uh, okay. But thank you. We appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, and we girls do. and just guys, gals, and non-binary pals. We appreciate dogs, you all. Cats. My not cats. cats. Not as much. My cats. Yeah. yeah. My cats listen every week. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're one of the listeners that we measure. Probably one of our probably, the, probably the people that gave us like the one star reviews too. Yeah, probably definitely. They're like we don't like this. It takes stealing away from home too much. Oh no, one my star. babies. Okay. Hey. Anyway, what are you what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking tonight one of just my uh, my guilty pleasures. Honestly, my, most of my friends make fun of me for this. I love them, and I think yeah. they taste great. It is a Mike's Hard Lemonade. But not just any lemonade. It's a Mike's Hard Strawberry Lemonade. Whoa! So you know that I'm a man who's in touch with his feelings. All right. Because well, I will drink. I wouldn't have put it that way. <laughs> hey, you know what? They are, they're good. At the end of the day, you know. They do taste good. Sometimes you don't want, you don't you want know, something burning your throat yeah. all the way down. You just want something that tastes good. You want something sweet. Maybe give you a little buzz after two or three. You know, takes a, t- takes a bit of the edge off, but it's something you can enjoy pretty much any time during the summer. Really. Oh, good. the yeah. summer's the best part. It's like yeah. a hot day. You're like, I don't really want a yeah. beer, but I kind of want something, like, want a little bit of yeah. alcohol. You want it's something. Like, ah, you want I kind of want a lemonade as well, because lemonade in the summer yes. is just, it's just a great drink. It is the perfect drink for summer, lemonade is. Yes. Uh, I'm drinking Coop's Alpha Hive. 
something you just found out about tonight, I guess. I did, yeah. I had no idea. Uh, one of the best beers in the world. So the way the way you described it to me when you came in is, I said, have you said, Dylan, I got a beer, and it's not for you, and I'm not sharing it with you because it's too expensive. <laughs> Damn! I mean, it, it's you not know, rolling tonight. It, you know, it's it's kind of it's on the higher end, but it's so good. Coop only makes it like three, four months out of the year, so that's why it's uh, staying over here with me. Mm. You know, I only brought one, mm. so uh, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted <laughs> you, you to specifically notice. stated that too. I wanted you to see I only had one, so it kind of hammered home hammered home the point that this is mine. And uh, <laughs> I have to go. I have to go buy one of those now. Where where? Where can I pick up such a uh, classy beer? Who's the purveyor? Probably, of such a probably most stores. Okay, it's like the liquor store at my gas station. Well, prob- well do they have any coop? Yeah, they got. A okay, then maybe. They got some coop. I mean, Target carries it now. Yeah, okay. Now that they can, uh, but most liquor stores will have it. You have to check that out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, I was excited for this. Their release party was a couple weeks ago. You know, here's here's a crazy thing. You know, I love Coop. I swear we should get paid with how much we talk about them and talk them up. Especially you, but... I know, but here's a criticism. Here's a criticism. Every So every year I go to their anniversary party. Their anniversary party is in a couple yeah. weeks. Um, 40 bucks for the ticket. Last year it was like 35 But uh, and And this is like... It's not all you can drink, but like every half hour, there's like a new beer they put out that's specifically for the, uh, they brewed specifically for the party, and you can every half hour you you can drink it, you you can go back for seconds if you want. It's essentially all you can drink, but they don't want it like that, and you don't want to drink so much because you want to. It lasts like three hours, and there's new pours every half hour. So you want to stay sober yeah, enough you really so you can actually enjoy it. Pace, pace yourself. Yeah. yeah, and each each half hour there's like four new state four stations that put something new out. So yeah, you want to stay sober enough at least to enjoy it. But so that like I said, cost 40, 40 bucks this year. Their coop, uh, their Alpha Hive release party, which was a couple weeks ago, fifty bucks. Ooh. Fifty bucks to get in. Ooh. And and it's, I mean it was at the Tower Theater and. It, Included like all you can. I think all you can drink. I don't know if it included food, but still, fifty bucks. That's a lot. That is a lot. And That's I, a lot to I just really go see. Hey, my our beers released. Yeah, this one, the one, this one beer that you're here for. I mean, like I think they had some like special variations of it, but still, fifty bucks when That's you can lot. go to their anniversary party for less than that that's even like a bigger deal than a, it has probably more beers that you can yeah drink. yeah and a lot of them are variations of this beer <laughs> at least they were last year that's, so that's dumb yeah i would not go to that but i don't think i'd go to the other one either i just don't like beer enough but oh jeez, it's fun i love it. they have food trucks and they usually maybe, maybe next year i'll when, when they usually have it in a couple weeks what uh what are we talking about tonight dylan so last week you and I actually went and saw the movie on Thursday, mm. Alita Battle Angel, yes. James Cameron's newest and biggest blockbuster hit. Yeah. So we have some differing opinions on it. I'll let you go ahead and start out. I loved it. I here's here's the thing. I overall I absolutely love it. I think the storytelling was a little messy. Um, it seemed like, you know, I, the love interest. Uh, it humanized her, you know, and, and it played its part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she was like, she was never, she's not one hundred percent robot. She's like ninety. Her brain's five, human. Yeah, she's like ninety five percent. Yeah, uh, 
everything is robot about her except her brain. If you you know what, whatever that means, but uh, you know, so so it humanized her. Um, her eyes were very important to James Cameron. to kind of reference that manga. Look. Yeah, the manga anime where they yeah. just the characters have just almost like they're abnor- abnormally large yeah. eyes, but they they're really good at showing emotion at the yeah. same time because it's yeah. like an over exaggeration of yeah. emotion. So that I think that that looked great on her. Uh, Rosa Salazar what, played the main character, Alita. I think she did a fantastic job with the, her acting. Um, I think you praised the CGI. I overall, I mean, especially like during the uh, what was the that bot, battle ball? What was that called again? It's like yeah, it's like battle ball or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that I, that CGI was great. You know, those actually those moments were great. I do think um, the CGI was great, but when you look at James Cameron's Avatar, that even in 2019, that that set a standard. That was beautiful. That still looks beautiful in 2019. It looks perfect. I don't think the CGI in this movie set quite that high standard. I don't think it's going to hold up as well. It sometimes well, looked like the faces were plastered on, or, or especially with the with some of the uh, well, James robots. Cameron, it, was, it was a little it, different because you weren't creating like an avatar. Remember? Like you weren't really creating human faces. You were creating, you know, uh, what were they called? The natives? Navi. Navi. You no, were creating Navi, Navi which like... They they didn't didn't have to look human, so you could kind of make them however. I know, you but to even be. still, I and mean, as like, they looked, they still looked incredible. And then not even just them, but the their surroundings. That's the other the thing. Like I mean, this is this is like planet. almost like a it's a rundown, like dirty sci-fi place. Yeah. So it's not going to look nearly as good as well, lush yeah, vegetation. But, but yeah, I'm not saying it needs to look as beautiful as the lush veg- vegetation. But I do think the standard the the quality of the animation of the CGI I expected it to be higher and but even like beyond like the the setting the faces on some of these uh what do they call them not robots but uh metal like they're android type I don't, I don't remember it's like but uh hard bodies or something yeah, like that they the faces just looked like they weren't like they were fake, but not on purpose, mm. you know, and and, may, and maybe that's how they were supposed to look, but it, it it didn't look right one way or the other. I mean, overall, I think it was it was impressive, but it wasn't impressive the way that Avatar was impressive. But on the other side, the the story in Avatar was atrocious. Mm. Just, just utter, just you know, utter trash. The thing is, I never understand why people hate on it. I mean, a bunch of people do, and critically, like, I mean, I'm critically, it wasn't. Okay, I'm not <laughs> saying it was perfect. I know, I know, like there were like clearly some things that were laughable, but then there were also, I mean, uh, and and you could even call it cliche, but overall, I still I thought it was enjoyable. Critically, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. Sure, absolutely. I'll be the first to agree with that. But it was, you know, still enjoyable. It still had a message, a powerful message. I don't know. I just don't think it deserves the hate it, it gets. Yeah. I, I do think um, it, culturally it probably wasn't as groundbreaking as maybe at the time we thought it was going to be. Because like even now, 
the only reason people talk about James Cameron's Avatar is because normally they're talking something James Cameron. And, yeah. You, you know, it's the CG that they talk about. Yeah, it's not the story. It's never the story, never really the characters. And, and you know, Mean Girls was released in 2004, and 15 years ago, people still quote that all the time. I'm not saying that, you know, that was a very quotable movie. And I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not saying the quality of every movie is based on how we quote it, but, like, it's almost forgettable. You know, people talk about the CGI, but other than that... The it, story's just like, yeah. It, 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 at the time, it seemed like it was going to be this huge thing, and, like, as we've moved on, Mean Girls has been more culturally... It has, yeah. ...meaningful, essentially, so... Yeah. But still, I still love that movie. I still will defend it, and I don't care what people say. I'm looking forward to the second, third, and fourth one. Of Avatar? Of Avatar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot he's making a second one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's coming out, I think, next year. Oh, no. I'd rather I'd rather lead it to you. No, I'm, I am excited to see this. I think I think uh, the way it ended definitely makes me excited. Yeah, it's gonna, there's no way it's not going to see it. So, I, overall, I enjoyed it. I re- so the CG I really like mostly I loved Alita, just like the yeah. way she moved and like the way it just looked. Oh, it was beautiful. Natural, just a natural movement. I know it's it was mo capped most likely, but just like the way like the joints moved in the finger to like relate to those robotics, it just yeah. it looked just seamless. I was very impressed with that. The story I felt it was almost like it's change tones a little bit sometimes like at points i was like oh like it felt like it was trying to be like a pg kind of movie and then it would like show you a pretty brutal death and you're like oh this is kind of an r movie and it kind of split the difference i got a pg-13 rating there was so one fuck. They used their they one. Did, they used their one fuck, which i thought they, they did. did i really I, yeah i thought it was a great usage of it yeah just the one and it was good but yeah. i thought that some of the dialogue seemed a bit just overly simple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the characters seem to just change their uh, like their viewpoints a little too quickly, like at yeah. one point. So spoilers coming up. So yeah, spoiler spoilers, alert. spoilers, spoilers. Uh, at one point, Alita has uh, like a very almost like beautiful and intricate. It's almost like an ivory. It looks yeah. it looks like it looks ivory like bo- uh, body with like carvings and uh, images and stuff carved into it. And then uh, eventually she finds a, a, a crash spaceship and finds a space. A, it's it is a weaponized uh, soldier body, which is like she was like her core was designed to power and run and use. And she finds it and she brings it back to uh, the doctor guy. She's like, "Put me in this body." He's Christoph like, Wall. Christoph Wall. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I will not do that. I will never. Put I will you never in put body. you in this body. He's he's, like, he's really like hardcore. He doesn't. He kind of gives a reason for it. You're like, all right, kind of makes sense. He he doesn't want her to, you know, necessarily take on this role. He wants her to kind of... He doesn't want her to be predicted by her body, but just want her to choose her own whether... Yes. What kind of person she wants to be. I was like, okay, yeah. I can kind of get behind that. And then just, the leader's basically like, fuck that. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to basically go get in a fight and destroy this body. So he has to put me in this body. Which she does. Yeah. It's a great fight scene. I thought it was oh, awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. really, really well done. Yeah. Another like top point of the CG was just the fights yeah. were really cool, but her body is like obliterated, and he obviously he's like well, I don't have a choice, puts her in the body, and then he's not angry with her, he's not mad at her, he's just like, oh yeah, that's just a body, 
do you know it's it's neither good nor bad it's what you do with it you're like that's a hard 90 yeah that you just kind of yeah turn like there's no like no rebuke no nothing just like oh okay yeah Yeah. i was like that's i feel like we missed a scene yeah where they argued or like yelled at each other like had some sort of confrontation about there was there was like a missed lecture yeah i just felt like there along this scene there was just like a missed scene here and there that would have explained the turnaround of the viewpoints of some of the characters Mm-hmm. I was like, that's just, yeah. it was just strange the way that they kind of just changed. At one point, the Dr. Guinea is like, he, the sport that they do, he hates it. He used to do, uh, like, he used to build bots for them or whatnot, like repair bots. And, like, he used to be really into this sports scene, like, really, really brutal, like, people die or whatnot. And he's like, no, like, stay away from that. Like, don't, don't get in. And I got out of it. And then later on, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in it. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I feel like again. Let me get you padded up. Yeah, let, let me, me get you padded up. Like, he's making pads for her and like yeah. fixing her. I'm like getting ready to go, and you're just like, wait a second, you yeah. you were really hardcore against this. Like, just I feel like we missed ago. another scene. Yeah, where they had like a, a full on discussion, and he he like slowly changed his viewpoint or explained like something or a reason behind it, and then he why he was changing his viewpoint, but it didn't really happen. It was just kind of like. He was okay with whatever Alita wanted to be okay. Yeah. He was almost there just to almost, like, follow her around. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I I think there is, like, a potential explanation for it, but it wasn't explained, really, within the movie. I mean... Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm fine with him changing his viewpoint if you give, like, a good yeah, enough there reason wasn't, for it. There, there wasn't, wasn't adequate uh, reasoning for it. I mean, obviously, towards the beginning... You find out that the body that she received was Christoph Waltz's daughter. It was meant for his daughter. And uh, so whenever it was passed on to Alita, and even her name was Christoph Waltz's daughter, was Alita, um, you see that clearly he he is viewing Alita as his daughter. He wants to protect her and yada yada. And as she took steps to express her independence um he might have finally gotten to this point especially towards the end where you see her at least towards the halfway point when you see her getting patted up by him um where maybe he's like okay you know you're not my daughter I, you were making this decision and yeah. you're gonna make it so at least i might as well if i'm gonna be involved i want to do it so I can help you, and it'll increase your chances of being okay. That's not really adequately expressed. It's not in the movie, but I would imagine that that's probably the explanation for it. I like that's the thing. Like I assume that because like the way, the stances that they come and like the way the story progresses, it makes sense that they would arrive to this point. It just feels like there's they're missing a few scenes that lead up to that change that lead up to the the point of. You know, these characters doing these things. Yeah. And also, so uh, Hugo, the love interest, never really explains. So, uh, like, above where everyone lives, there's this, like, magnanimous Elysium sort of city. Yeah. Where, like, it's where, like, yeah. you know, rivers of gold and, you know, everyone's happy and whatnot. Everyone wants to get there. Uh, or, like, someone gets there. And then Hugo, like, really wants to get there. Like, he's, he's attacking people, like, stripping them of, like, robotic parts and selling them on the black market and doing, like pretty terrible things in order to get there yeah but you never really find out like like why he wants to get there so much yeah he just wants to it's like oh everyone wants to do it so he really really wants to do it but he's going to far more drastic measures than anyone else in the story 
I think I I liked that, and I I even liked that they never even showed you what was up there. They never showed you really what anything. Looked I'm fine like with them there. never showing us. Like I liked it. It's well, I mean, better left to the imagination. And I think that that's part of maybe uh, why it never really explored that with him, because it doesn't so much matter. It's just that he has this idea that this is what he wants, and this is his his drive, and then suddenly that changes when Alita comes along, and like I feel like that is more so the point. Well, it doesn't then the like the drive to get up there. Yeah, I don't think it changed. I th- like I don't. I didn't, I didn't see the change in Like, he was still just always just hardcore set on getting up there, like hell or high Yeah, but water. at the very end, he said he was cutting his uh, deal with, uh, what was his name, Ajax? I don't remember, I remember. his name. Uh, um, the... Moshahara Ali, whatever yeah, his I love him. Name. I love him as an actor. He's yeah. a fantastic actor. Um, oh, that's another criticism. Hold on, I'll come back to that. But just to finish this point. Uh, okay. He, I mean, he did, like, cut his contract. He said he was done. He went to go stop his friend from stripping that one guy of his mm-hmm. parts. And then they wound up dead, and uh, you know, it's always, like, it's always had, as soon as you you're like, oh, I'm gonna get it on this business. Yeah. Everyone you know dies. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Uh, you know, so he tried. Um, I, I think that you're right. It wasn't like some dramatic or uh, strongly stressed transformation. It, I wouldn't even call. It, I almost wouldn't even call it character development because it almost just kind of happened. Yeah. Like, oh, turns out I love this girl, this robot, this hard body, and mm. uh, now yeah, now I'm going to stop. And, uh, and yeah. I'm stop doing this because of that. It didn't look, it didn't seem like there was a lot of, like, visual character development or transformation there. But I do, I you know, there was one. He did say he was going to stop. Uh, but you're right. He did still want to go. And it yeah. changed a little bit. Where oh suddenly he wants Alita to come with him, I don't. Maybe I'm forgetting this. Did he ever really say that he would give it up entirely if it meant staying down there? No, because remember, like think... he loses almost his like his entire body. Yeah, he gets a robot and he's like, all right, time to climb up there, and he starts right. climbing this like giant chute. Yeah, and doesn't even tell Alita about it. He's like, yeah, no, I'm out, yeah. and just goes. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. It didn't seem like yeah. he, he was almost. It was more just like. And then, like, a infatuation with Alita than anything else. Like, his his main love, his main goal was always to get there. And she was just kind of, like, a side character in that story, it seems like. And, like, an infatuation. Because hmm. when it came down to it, he was just like, no, nope, I'm gone. I'm going to go up there. Yeah, but I, that was more about self-preservation by that point. Because they knew that there were some people out there who wanted to kill him. And so mm. he knew the only way, the only place he was going to be safe was, was there. Yeah. But even still, to not even make an attempt to tell Lita, I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't think yeah. about that. I don't know. But like, it would make sense. Like Lita, I'm going. Like yeah. I want you to come with like, me. It's the yeah. only way. But no, he like he doesn't even tell her. He just he just like, he just goes to Lita. Yeah. Just luckily, it's like oh, I know where he's going because yeah. they talked about it earlier in yeah. the movie. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because if he had gone to her. And even if she had convinced him to go up there, maybe he wouldn't have gotten torn apart by those, uh, by those blades that came down the chute, mm-hmm. because she knew about him. Yeah. And maybe if they had gone together, he would have been like, "Okay, let me you know, like watch out for this." They, they were gonna and, kill us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and when when they jumped, <laughs> he would have jumped high enough. Instead, you know, he didn't. Oh, he did not got, jump high enough slashed. at all. That that 
That was a sad death, though. That yeah, that pulled a little bit at the heartstrings because yeah. she mean, had just saved him, and then she was holding her. I mean, I don't know what her plan was. Like you caught him, but like I was watching. I was even like, if his arm yeah. wasn't breaking, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm amazed she got down alive. Yeah. Of it didn't show us how yeah, she did it. I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, that was sad. He, he plummets through the clouds. Oh God! That, okay, that was sad. But now speaking of uh, um, yeah, the the, the guy that's in charge of the battle ball. Yes, he he is an Academy Award winner now from Moonlight, uh, first Muslim actor to ever win one. Hmm. Um, and then of course you have Demi Moore. These two actors, fine actors, that she, really. Didn't, Which one was Demi Moore? Uh, Christoph Waltz's wife. Ex-wife. Yes, okay, okay, that's what I thought. Um, two great actors that just seemed underutilized. Like, and and that's fine, their roles maybe just didn't call for it, but then why have that type of star power if the role wasn't that important? Because now, since they used that star power, it almost seemed like they were just underutilized. And it kind of sends like a different signal. Christoph Waltz, I think, did a great job, and overall, you know, they, oh, they yeah. used him well. But, um, you know, those two seemed they like there were, were some shortcomings there. Yeah. It was the other thing where it just it didn't feel like... It just felt like we were missing some very key scenes to explain yeah. some stuff with yeah. those two as well. But overall, I loved it. Yeah, like I, I definitely... I, def- I would recommend going to see it. I think it's still a good movie despite its shortcomings. Yeah, I would want, I would want to see it again. I, I, it was definitely enjoyable. Yeah, it's definitely an enjoyable movie, and then yeah. I, I mean, there's gonna be a second one, like there, yes. there just is. Yeah. So I might, because usually for these kind of movies, because it is, it's based on a manga. So if you don't know what a manga is, it's like a, it's it's like a Japanese version of a comic book in a way. Yeah. It's like the Japanese best, the graphic best novel. Gra- Japanese graphic mo- novel. So they're, uh, I've heard they're all the rage. So I might have to read this one, just so I can see if it can. Fill in some of those holes. Yeah. Also, just to see the second part, so I don't have to wait for the the next yeah. movie. Yeah. So I've never, re- I've never read. Cause I read a lot. I've never read a manga before, so this might be the first. Really? Kind I'm of never. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It would surprise wow. me. I'm a really, I'm really big into anime, but I've kept my anime and level book separate until now. So I might have to pick up the actual manga. Yeah. For this one, I'll you let you know. Running, you know the time is running, running out on the talk about was quick update on 2020 uh we stress that this is not a political podcast however it is a podcast where we talk about politics pretty often fairly regularly at least every episode has at least a little bit uh some some more than others whatever yeah um we just stop that this was (laughs) this was like competing for my worst of the week this will be a quick one we promise uh so you know like we said Right now, mostly females out right now that have announced for the Democrats. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. No one good. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her first name, Globachov. I don't remember her first name. But, you know, most of these people have announced. Cory Booker, 
I think the only male who's officially announced. Uh, he was campaigning today in New Hampshire. He's a uh, hoot. Um, <laughs> but uh, so far, and then we have Howard Schultz, who announced, sort of half announced, as an independent. That's the Starbucks uh, guy. Yes. Okay. He... Uh, maybe he, I will, maybe I won't, guys. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, uh, you know, his book's been out a few weeks. If, you know, if you're interested in an independent third-party candidate, I would say read it. It was a good read. Uh, and it kind of gives you an idea of where he stands on some things. Um, but beyond that, we have two rumored Republicans who are mm. thinking about running. Interesting. Not going to have the official... Uh, well, unless something drastic happens. They're not going to have the official nomination of the party. They're not going to give up. Yeah. I mean, they have an incumbent. They have Trump in the White House. They're not going to not run with the guy in the White no, House no. already. But, however, Mitt Romney has talked about uh, challenging Trump. You know, there's, I wouldn't be against... They don't like each other, and it makes sense that, that Romney, having tried in 2012, it makes sense he would try again. Um... He might go in and be like an Evan McMullen type where he would run simply to run a principled campaign and have the two compared just so there'd be like a standard where they can like credibly, where people could credibly criticize Trump and say, that's, this is true Republicanism over here. And I don't say that as a fan of Mitt Romney, but he would, you know, I would imagine that that would be the kind that he would run. It wouldn't necessarily be to win. It would be to prove a point and to give Republicans an alternative, the anti-Trump Republicans yeah. an alternative. That is pretty much why Evan McMullen ran in 2016. Um, but then the other one, just uh, today was talking about it. He's he's kind of been up and down on the radar. But uh, Bill Weld, he is the former governor of Massachusetts, ran a very successful term there. But most recently, he was Gary Johnson's running mate for the Libertarian Party ticket oh, interesting. in 2016. Um, so he uh, talked about how uh, he might be going for the Republican nomination in 2020. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, he 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 is well liked by Democrats and Republicans because he's so charismatic and he's he's pretty like he's like he's a liberal Republican. Obviously. He, ran as a libertarian. Yeah. So he's a liberal Republican. People on both sides of the aisle and libertarians can say that they like him and like a number of his views. Um, I like that already. But, you know, running against... Running on the GOP ticket, trying to run as a, as a GOP candidate against Trump, especially right after he ran as a libertarian four be, years yeah. ago. I, you know, I don't see it. It's not gonna divulge it. Yeah, it's not gonna do anything. But no. but we'll see. You know, that's uh, but you know everything else is pretty much uh, business business as usual. Although, oh, here's one. Uh, I forgot about this. This is hilarious. Okay, so this this is this is juicy right here, Dylan. Ooh, I like juicy. <laughs> tell me, tell me. So tell me more. Tell me more. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna skip right past that. Uh, in 2012, uh, a book came out called the new, the new Jim Crow, Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. And it explored uh, criminal justice issues and the way that black people are disproportionately um, incarcerated for crimes versus white people who usually get uh, fewer sentences or less harsh sentences. And it pretty much like set a standard for like a new awakening in criminal justice reform. It was a very, very important book. 
Uh, the person, one of the people who helped edit that book, her name is Maya Harris. Harris being uh, the sister of Kamala Harris, current uh, presidential nominee, um, or uh, oh. r- someone who is attempting to uh, get the nomination for the Democrats. And uh, it's funny because Michelle Alexander has not come out to endorse Kamala Harris yet. And there is a lot of concern that if she does, it would pretty much just undermine the book that she wrote criticizing the criminal justice system because, as we mentioned a couple of times on this podcast before, Kamala Harris was, a, was an animal of an attorney general. She, she uh, pushed for uh, cr- strict truancy laws, and as attorney general, there was uh, plenty of the same type of criminal justice, criminal justice mischief that you'd expect in even conservative states, you know? I mean... We could. I don't. I, I. don't know the exact statistics on whether it was doing better proportionally versus like Mississippi or Alabama, but overall, a lot of people are criticizing her tenure as Attorney General. Hmm. And so, if Michelle Alexander refuses to endorse or even maybe speaks out against Kamala Harris, I think that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, because like even even Michelle Alexander, clearly someone uh, who is connected to the Harris family, if she can come out and say she's not going to be good for criminal justice, or, or at least call her on her BS. Yeah, like, that's going to uh, kill her run I, right I, there. I would, I would love if that happened. I you know no no way of knowing just yet, but um, I thought that was really funny. That came out just this week. I, I thought that was really funny. Actually, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we'll transition for a little bit out of politics. Um, I one of my worst of the weeks is involving politics, but we'll we'll circle back to that. Uh, oh boy! The other thing I want to yeah. talk about uh, we talked about a little bit in our New Year's episode, our first episode of the second season, uh, New Year's goals. Uh, one of those goals a lot of people pursue is like uh, minimalization, pursuing a minimal life. Um, you remember talking about that? Yeah, I do remember talking about that. How's that going for you? So, I mean, it's not going one way or the other for me because I never, I never really embraced it too much. I mean, I was just like trying to change how often I bought clothes and when I bought it if I was going to give something away to kind of equal it out, which so far has been going great. Everything I've done that so far, but I've only bought a few clothes this year, so hasn't been much to to get rid of. But um, I was thinking about the whole thing and like right now it's like a really big fad because of a show on uh on netflix uh hosted by marie kondo it's called tidying up i've heard about this yeah uh it's it's really big over the last few months and we're we're a little bit late on addressing it but i you know it's still popular and and i'm i'm calling it a fad and that's one of the reasons i want to talk about it because her big thing um, her her measuring stick for whether or not you should keep something. She says, does this item, does this thing spark some sense of joy? And if it sparks joy, you should keep it. And if not, you shouldn't keep it. And I feel like there's some issues with that. That's the, the, there's the thing. I mean, based on how I understand it, great, I'll be the first to say I haven't seen, I haven't watched the show. But based on what I've read about it and what I've heard about it, that's pretty much the standard. I don't know how much wiggle room she allows for utility. I'm assuming, like, I don't... 
I don't. I'm not joyful to see my washing machine, but I'm not going to give that up. I'm no, sure there's like. I'm not. I'm not exactly happy you know, to see my vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I'm not. I'm but sure. I kind of need that. I'm sure there's like. I'm sure it's not. There is some flexibility there, but like yeah. overall, basically beyond the essentials, that's that's the measuring stick, and I think that that is. It's fine. I think it makes sense if that is your way of life. But the thing is, right now, this tidying up thing it's it is a fad it is nothing more than a fad you know and you see mostly white people throwing out or donating so much of what they have unfortunately it's a lot of it's even throwing out not even donating which i think Mm. is even worse but uh you know for what is being thrown out or donated it's mostly white people that are just going through giving away or throwing away all their stuff and to what end you know i mean absolutely if this is to fight consumerism i'm all for it but is it really doing anything? It's oh, a no. fad. Right now, they're doing it to tidy up, to get rid of some stuff. So Whenever can, this yeah. fad passes, they're just going to replace it all. Oh, yeah. They're just going to buy more stuff. Yeah. So what is it really doing? Nothing. Nothing. You know, and, and, that, and I'm all for living a simpler life and, you know, minimizing your consumerist shenanigans as much as you can. But whenever you're doing it simply because it's a fad... It potentially is doing even more harm than good. Mm. You know, if it's not, if you're not making like a lifestyle change and living a simpler, cleaner life, you're not really doing much of anything. You're just giving into a fad. Yeah. And right now, it's a fad. <laughs> have you re- have you been doing much on that front, or what do you mean? like have you been minimalizing at all? Was it? I, was, I mean, I was never really planning on it. I was. I mean, I. I, I never. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll remember correctly. We talked. I was just. Trying, I know we talked about it, but I was just kind of like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Like there are very certain. Like there are certain things that I will buy, to use. But usually those are, like really specific, and I like I'll buy them because I know like I'll use them. Right. So like, uh, like recently, I'm trying to think. Like I'm trying to get better at cooking meals and like being about that. So today I actually bought a instant pot. Already, I've made one meal with it. I love it. Big fan. It, of I'm a lot. huge like I'm a terrible oh, yeah. cook. <laughs> I made sesame seed chicken today. Damn, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. I'm actually looking forward to eating it for lunch tomorrow. Like that's how good it was. Um, or I'm trying to think of the other stuff I bought recently. I bought a a longer uh. DisplayPort cable today, so I could do a little re- rearranging on how my desk is set up with my computer. Uh, I bought some better. I do a lot of swimming, so I bought like the actual speed. Actually, I, well, I ran actually a lot of errands today, so I bought like the speedo trunks that I actually like made to like swim in because I was tired of my board shorts dragging me down. Right. Other than that, I'm trying to think of other stuff I've bought recently. Besides some books, which I always read. Have you been getting rid of anything recently? No. I feel like you've been tidying up in I'm a in different sense up. of the word. I do need but... to sell the stuff that's kind of sitting behind us right here. It's an old TV and an old bookshelf. It's more of just laziness than anything else. Because I know I don't want them. I know I need to sell them. I need to get rid of them. Right. Like, I'm not... It's not like, oh, I need this. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I should probably sell those someday. I just... Right. Haven't got around to it. Maybe I'll do that this weekend, but Yeah. I don't like I feel like I don't own like a lot of st- like I I feel like I still own less than most people. Yeah. 
That's probably fair to say. I was just wondering, because even like the standard of, of how much you have to the point where you want to get rid of stuff is different person to person. But Yeah, I feel um, like it may, might, I mean, out here I have a good bit of stuff. Like if you go in my, my bedroom, it's pretty bare, honestly. I don't do, even, do I don't own a bed frame yet? I don't even own a bed frame. Oh my God, <laughs> you still don't have one? I just only have, like that's how I'm like, eh, I don't care. I don't, if I don't really think I'll need it or if I can live without it, I'm like, eh. I can I can deal without it. Like a lot of the stuff oh, my mom bought me, like I had I think like four or five plates. I was like, oh, I got enough plates. Right. And my mom was like, I'm buying you a bunch of plates and cups. I was like, I don't really need it. She's like, too bad you're getting them. I was like, okay. Oh, so, I like having them. I do like having them. But if she hadn't bought me them, you wouldn't. Have. I wouldn't have. Um, right. But I mean, that's just kind of. I mean, after I mean, all this stuff is accumulation of stuff I've started, I've owned and got from like the last. Six or seven years. So I, I feel like it's less than most people. Like, even, even my storage out there, like, besides the box that has, like, all my college textbooks in it. Like, I have a snowboard, a backpack, and, like, some luggage. Most of the boxes are empty. I think, I think, uh, I mean, in and of itself, people tidying up and minimalizing is, is great. But, like, even today on, on ABC Radio, um... They were interviewing uh, Maria Kondo, and like even they even described it as a, a she she is a home organization guru who sparked a phenomenon. That's a fad. That's a that's fancy a fad. way. It's a fancy way to say a fad. She sparked a fad, and it just seems like not only is it not going to last, it's almost at least the way our culture digests this type of stuff. It almost like isn't meant to last. You know. Yeah. It's. We're going to get rid of it, and we're going to buy more stuff. It's unfortunately how it kind of works here. Yeah. I'll be honest, like, ever since... Because I haven't watched cable television in, I don't know how long. I feel like I've missed out, or, like, I've... I've Like, all these fads and stuff like that have just straight up passed me by, and I couldn't be happier for it. Because <laughs> I don't... Like, I don't know. I don't know what the fads are these days. I'm like, well, most I'm of the fine fads... with that, because I'll, I'll just do... Kind of what I want and what I think is right. I'll have to listen to someone right. tell me that. Hey, most of the fans should be on this on... diet or doing this or right. buying that. Like I don't care. I feel most of the fans get communicated through social media. I feel like I also know, they well, get they spread that way. They then talk about it on the news yeah, okay. on cable news, but yeah, most of the time it's social media. Like whether it be like videos or uh, jokes or. Fads like this. See, I don't do social media that much either. I know. <laughs> I that's why I'm, I'm, I, I, I. That's why I have, I have you. You tell me what's going on. Well, I, and I yeah, only you know just it, yeah. yeah. I only know just because it was talked about on the news before. I'm on on NPR. They were talking about it, and a friend of mine uh, watches the unless, show. Yeah, unless so. it's like video games, mountain biking, or like anime or something that's just really really weird. All and that out dumb there. stuff. Yeah, all the dumb stuff yeah. that I absolutely <laughs> love to death. <laughs> Uh, or like books, I don't really follow any of that stuff. Right. Like on like Reddit or like Facebook, I never look at Instagram. Doesn't that stuff doesn't really happen there? Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, yeah. I'm down like, yeah. No, I just don't really care. I'll do my right. thing. The only reason I got the Instapot because I feel like that's almost I don't know like becoming more popular. Yeah, no, they definitely. But, are. So the, only, the reason I got it because some people at my work have it. Like one girl in particular. And she was just telling me, like, all the stuff you can do yeah. with it. And she's like, oh, like, it's amazing. Like, yeah. like this is how I prepare my meals <laughs> for the week. And, like, this is how I do it. Yeah. And my mom had told me about it as well. My mom's, like, a great cook. She's like, oh, yeah, like, you need to get you an Instapot because, like, you can do this. I was like, yeah. and this week I was like, what? 
I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try again. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I always I rave about I my love instant it. pot. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I really, really do enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I've made one meal. I'm gonna eat it three times. I eat it yeah. tonight. I'm gonna eat it tomorrow for lunch. I'm probably gonna eat it for dinner tomorrow. And I'm completely fine with that. You know, one thing I really love to do in those things, it's like, you know, super simple and straightforward, but uh, hard-boiled eggs. I've, yeah, I've seen you can do that. I've seen you can do that. I they're do, always, like... Do love hard-boiled eggs. Peel easy. Like, you know, with some... Yeah. Like, sometimes they, like, stick, and it's hard. Hasn't happened to me in the Instant Pot, okay. and they're super quick to make. I will have to check that out. Because I, I, mean, I haven't been had doing a hard-boiled like, egg in so long. I do, like, a dozen a week now. Dang, I mean, I just go through them. It's, like, crazy. I love them so okay. much, and so now that it's easier than ever to do it, I mean, mm, I do it. I go and yeah, just buy two dozen eggs at a time and was, use them up in a couple of weeks. I was looking at, uh, I was looking at recipes, and I was like, I saw like the, the normal stuff. It was like roast beef and you know, pot yeah. roast, uh, pork and chicken. And I kept looking, and it was like the lasagna, cheesecake, cake, bread. I was like, oh my. God, what yeah. can you not do with this thing? There, it's super convenient, and you make some really great stuff. And I mean, even being able to cook like all-in-one meals with just like the press of a button. Like, there's a spaghetti and meatball recipe. A spaghetti and re- meatball recipe where you just add in like the uncooked spaghetti, frozen meatballs, sauce, and some water, and that everything awesome. is cooked in like 20 minutes. Everything's oh, yeah. cooked. It's perfect. The meatballs. Totally cooked. They taste great. Well, I've seen ones with like a t- just like the pictures of like you can get like a divider for it. Like you throw like your broccoli in one, like your meat in another. Like you throw everything in like little dividers, seal it up, take it out, and all of a sudden you have a full you know four course meal. This is crazy. In like thirty minutes. That's so great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, like my chicken today took me about thirty minutes to make. One because I had more chicken than the recipe called for, so I had to kind of figure out how I was gonna do that. Right. And two, I was just I was figuring out how my Instapot worked. Yeah. Yeah, it took me like thirty to forty minutes. Yeah. But that, yeah, once but, you once you get the hang of it, it's like all this stuff was just you just fly through. Oh yeah, like I'm like I already have the ingredients, so I'll definitely be making that sesame seed chicken again someday. Because yeah. man, it was good. Uh okay, so there's the New Year's resolutions and the thing after that takes a few months. But you eventually hit this thing where people make more goals for themselves. It's called lens, but not the belly button type. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I hate oh my myself. Too. I hate myself too. Anyway, uh, so, so lens, so lens. I'm. It's the reason I'm doing lens. So I'm trying to give up soda, just because I'm trying to be a little, just a little healthier. Sure. And I do drink too much soda. Yeah. Uh, but one of my friends at work, she, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to give up soda. She's like, oh, I'm giving up soda for Lent. And I was just like. Oh, what if I join you for that? And like, we'll keep each other accountable. Right. And she's like, oh, that sounds good. I was like, all right, cool. We'll keep each other accountable to make sure that we don't drink soda. And that's how I ended up doing Lent. There you go. <laughs> I'm doing Lent by association. Right. I've never done Lent. Even when I was a kid, I almost never did it. And, you know, I, I had a lot of Catholic friends growing up who did it. A lot of a lot of people I know who went to school with, even like Church of Christ doesn't really do Lent formally, I don't think, but a lot of them did it. I never, I never really did it. I don't really care to do it. You know, throughout the year, sometimes I'll give up stuff for a little bit. Like, I just gave up alcohol for several weeks and um, just, you know. Now you're right back at it. No, I'm right back at it. No, but, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't need, like, this huge season to do that. And, 
you know, Lent's, Lent's great because, like, there's the communal aspect. Everyone's doing it at once. Everyone all at once. Not everyone, but many people all at once are giving up something. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, like, relate to that. Um, and, you know, that's great. I've just, I've never, I've never cared to do it. Also, I want to do it. Because I've been trying to give up surf a little bit. Like, I've been able to do, go, like, a couple of days sometimes. Wow, uh, a couple of days. I know. Look at me. <laughs> But it's it's really hard. So I also want to do like the forty days just to see if I actually do do like feel better and it's something I want to right really give up for a long yeah. long term. Yeah. Where I'm like, eh, I can. It's eh. Well, I, I know. Go back to it, a so. couple of people I know who have done that. I don't know if they did it for Lent, but they gave it up for a long time. They can't. They can't drink it now. I've heard that because I've heard that it, a lot. it's like so sweet. It's disgusting. I've heard that. And I would love to get at that point where I was disgusted by soda. I do, I, I do too. I'm not. But I love it so I know. much. I'm just like it's just sometimes like you go to a place and you're just like, especially I mean, pizza. Really, like anytime, oh, absolutely, like pizza. Anytime yes. you're like at a pizza place, you're yes. like. Well, it's pizza. As if pizza so wasn't bad enough for you. I have to have, You're like, I need a root beer now, or I need yeah, a Coke. Or especially when you go to places like, uh, like back home, they had a uh, pizza place called the Moose's Tooth, and it was, it was a brewery as well, so they had their oh. own root beer. Oh, yes. And it was like, it was yes. so good. There's a place back in Pennsylvania that does that, uh, Appalachian Brewing Company. They brew a lot of beer, but then they also have their own soda. They yeah. have really good root beer. And, yeah, and so you go to like the pizza part. Like, uh, to like, oh, I'll take a pizza. I'm like, oh, what do you want to drink? I'll have a root beer. Obviously, your root beer. Because it's a root beer. And it's just, it's such a hard thing to not pair. Because like, oh, pizza, soda. It's like, it's like yeah. an unhealthier version of peanut butter and jelly. No, it just, <laughs> it just goes together so, so you well. So pu- you pour your soda on the pizza and then stick another pizza on top of that. And it's like a sandwich. No, I roll my pizza up and I drink my soda through it like so a straw. <laughs> <laughs> oh right yeah who doesn't do that oh god okay anyway uh, but yeah so like there are just times when like you're just like mm, a soda would go great with oh, this yeah. or like uh, like rum and coke and that kind of stuff I actually have like a giant bottle mm. of rum and I was like oh I'll try you now know, you're rum. gonna have to give up coke I know I'm like oh I'll try rum and coke and stuff like that but me and I'm like you'll just have to drink damn it I'm just gonna just drink straight rum yeah. for 40 days well, I'm uh, excited to check in with you and see where you're at in the future. Probably going to fail in the next three days. Oh, no. Don't give up. Well, my work also, they have, uh, they have like, we have, it's a weird thing. We have our own, like, almost, like, snack store that, like, mm. one of the guys at our company runs. And you can get, like, a, just a, a bottle of soda for a dollar. Like, it's pretty dang cheap. Right. And there are days where it's just, like, it's real slow. Like, I don't have a whole lot to work on for the rest of the day. Like, I'm just tired. And I don't drink, I don't drink coffee, so I don't really have a caffeine supply. Right. Or, like, any sugar. I'm just like, oh, to have a soda. Right. And it's so cheap, and it's a dollar. And I have, like, change all over my house. So I'm like, I'm not going to use this change for anything else. Right. It's a shame for it to go to waste. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard you. for me, because I love soda. Especially right. Dr. Pepper. Mm. Love me some Dr. Pepper. Well, uh, now our audience knows you have given up soda. We're all going to keep you accountable now. All five of us? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am not giving up anything, so... I'll keep you accountable for that. Chicka chicka. I'll make sure you don't give up a damn thing. Absolutely. And if you do, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell God. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. <laughs> Moving on to best and worst of the week. I'm going to so, do my, my worst real quick. Okay, go ahead. And then I want to finish with my best. You can you can sandwich it. Okay, that's fine. My Wait, worst. So you'll, no, you'll sandwich mine. Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. my worst. Back to politics. No. Very briefly, though. Uh, Roger Stone. The man, the myth, the legend. Do you know who he is? Roger Stone. Roger Stone. No. I would I would highly recommend everyone listening to this go and watch Get Me Roger Stone on Netflix. Came out a couple of years ago. Fantastic documentary. Super I think it's pretty given that it was made by like a, you know, liberal company like like Netflix, but Roger Stone is like, you know, pretty conservative. It it was it was pretty uh unbiased. I think it was pretty great documentary. It and it was very entertaining because Roger Stone, for those of you who don't know, is like a caricature of an evil villain. I mean, it, and, and it's really, that's the only way to put it. I mean, he drives a Jaguar. He wears double-breasted suits with high uh, lapels, with like peak lapels. And he's always wearing these glasses that, that are like super small circles around his eyes oh, and like yeah, black yeah, yeah. I mean the, the, the he, glasses. he is a he is a caricature of of a villain but he's a republican strategist whose reach goes back to like JFK era Holy cow. and he was you could actually say he's responsible for Donald Trump because 30 years ago he was the one saying Donald Trump's going to be president one really? day and he was pushing for him and so he very quickly became a consultant to Donald Trump's campaign. You could also find this guy on Infowars on a regular basis. He also has, I think, his own either podcast or, or radio show. I don't remember which one, but he himself has remained prevalent. But for the most, for the most part, besides like those few public things, he he was in the shadows for a long time. You know, he was a strategist. He was a bully. He was a bulldog, and he he is very prideful about that fact. And you can explore all of that in Get Me Roger Stone. A great documentary. But um, just, <laughs> just earlier today, <laughs> he's currently under federal indictment for some pretty serious crimes. Um, he posted a photo on his Instagram of uh, his... his uh, his judge over his case, Judge Amy Berkman Jackson, he posted a photo of her with a, with like a crosshair like near her head. Ooh, and like that. like what were you thinking? This is don't the woman presiding over your judge, and you posted what looks like a threat on your Instagram page. Don't do that. Uh, he uh, removed it shortly after, and he's officially, as of like a little bit ago, apologized oh, about it, which man, actually. Man. It's kind of surprising. I actually didn't think he would do it. Right. But he has apologized. And Roger Stone said in, in a statement, which he also posted on Instagram, a photo of Judge Jackson posted on my Instagram has been misinterpreted. Uh, I don't know about that, but okay. Uh, this was a random photo taken from the internet. Any inference that this was meant to somehow threaten the judge or disrespect court is categorically False. He also said, what some say are crosshairs are, in fact, the logo of the organization that originally posted it, something called Corruption Central. They use the logo in many photos. I don't know if that is, in fact, correct. And this is CNN I'm reading this from, so I doubt they do the research. No. But uh, either way, I thought, you know, 
what a way to to start off the week with some Roger Stone drama, uh, potentially threatening the judge presiding over his case. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> that, sir, was it? Have you seen that meme? The what a brilliant move. Yes. Fantastic. Outstanding. Outstanding, outstanding move. move. Outstanding yes. move. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that's applicable here. Okay. <laughs> Threatening judges presiding over your, uh, your court. Outstanding. Outstanding move. move. Okay. So my it's my best of the week. Uh, this last weekend was or last really the last week was the Rainbow Six Invitational, which is basically I know it's it is an e-sport where people get together and play video games. This is what I love most about our best and worst of the weeks. I do something and you roll your eyes and then you say something and I roll right, my and you eyes. roll your eyes. And this is uh, why we're good podcast hosts. We bring different we're, different we're very, perspectives. We're and different, different but similar at the same time. Okay. Anyway, uh, yes. So it is. So it was actually so it's basically the world championship for this video game, and the production value and just the way everything went was uh, it was just awesome. It was a really really cool thing to see. It was some really insane matches. Was this what you were watching uh, last week when I was here? Yeah. So that was I'll show you a picture. We can link it, but that was the stage for the like the last oh couple of games. It was up in Montreal, Canada, mm-hmm. and I mean like. You, you can't see if you, if I, we'll put a link it is a high production yeah. event it's it, it's no laughing matter the it prize, almost looks like something that matters it is something that matters <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, go away yeah whatever uh, prize pool was two million dollars oh the team walked away with I think eight hundred eight hundred thousand dollars for uh, first place uh, it was it was just a blast to watch uh, G2 ended up winning it again G2. G2 is the team name. It's a bunch any, of, any relation to the old gaming channel G4? No. That's no relation. No. I hate that. I hate G2. They always win everything. They <laughs> go fuck themselves. Uh, Watch. If we say it more than once, we have to label our, our episode explicit. Oh. I don't know if that's true, but I always feel like it. I have to whenever we say it. <laughs> you said it just as many times. I know, I know. But I've uh, also listed the episodes as explicit good before. For you. Uh, well, just list it as explicit. It was a great time. It was a lot of fun to watch. The production value was awesome. Like, everyone was really cool. The teams were a lot of just fun. The matches were just fun to watch. There were high intensity, crazy plays going out. It was It was a blast. So that was that was my high of the week. I'm glad you have uh, hobbies. My low of the week. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. <laughs> it's pretty low. <laughs> uh, so I think we might have mentioned last episode that was going on a date this Saturday. I don't date. actually think we did mention. I that. thought we did. At the very end, we said uh, you said like you were excited for Saturday, and I, was I like, thought we oh, mentioned why? that like the beginning or like somewhere in there. I mean, but anyways, yeah, so did. I was going on uh, a date this Saturday from a dating app or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on the date, went well, thought it went well. Asked her to go on a second one. She said yes, and then I should message her on like the the platform and send her my actual like phone number. I was like, all right, cool, I did. So I did that uh, about an hour or so, like after the date, and I was like, hey, I had a really good time tonight. Uh, this is my actual like number, by the way. Blah blah blah. And I have not heard from her since. <laughs> so I. Believe I have been ghosted. I uh, 
Again. I really love this story. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. Glad I can rely on my friend well, to here's, my pain. Here's the thing. Here's what I love most about it. I, I hope, I really hope that she, you know, she comes back and you guys uh, develop something. But then I, I hope, she, you know, she finds out about this podcast. She listens to this episode <laughs> where we're talking shit on her. <laughs> I'm not talking shit on her. You're, you're... you're it is gonna have to be explicit now, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'll say some horrible just things about her. I don't know her. But, uh, no, some facts. yeah, I know. I just think it's funny. I hope, I hope that she can hear this one day. So I also, I think the reason she ghosted me was I think I was a little nerdier oh, than what she was looking for. What a surprise! <laughs> well. uh... Sorry to hear so that. That's uh, my worst of the week. We'll have uh, an update Woo. on this next week, I guess. I mean, uh, it'll just be a, a week-long ghost at that point. I don't think anything's going to change. Well, message her and be like, hey, uh, we still going to hang out again soon? You know, just don't sound desperate, but, you know. I feel like that's really hard to... Like, I'm on a dating app. I feel like... <sighs> oh my God. Dating apps are so mainstream <laughs> now. Everyone's really just, it's not desperate. Really it's not like it used to be back in 2000 and you got on eHarmony. I mean, that was desperate. But, no, you know, it's different now. Anyway, so as we tell ourselves, we'll end with uh, we'll keep up this lightheartedness and, and end with my best of the week. Um, something uh, out of England, a new app. Uh, this was talked about late last week. Um, so this was, the article itself I'm referencing is from five days ago, but you know, recent enough. I want to talk about it. It's a dating app for oh, what do you know? For livestock. Hey. My life. Yeah, it looks like some of these uh, cows are getting <laughs> luckier than you are. Uh, a Tinder-inspired app is helping farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. It is called, get this, Tutter. I fucking hate my life. <laughs> it's a mix of Tinder and Utter. <laughs> and it lets farmers swipe right on cattle they like what the, the look of. This they, is going too far. They are then directed to a page on Sell My Livestock website where they can browse more pictures and data about the animals before deciding whether to buy. And the whole point being that they match these livestock because they inherit traits that they want to then breed with their livestock and yada like, yada. That, that I understand. Like, breeding <laughs> livestock, I get. I understand how that works. It's like, oh, I, want, like, I have a, uh, oh. you know, cattle that I really like these traits. Obviously, I want to breed it. Same with horses. To make a dating app called Tutter? Tutter. Tutter. This is like, this, this has gone too far. Well, this has gone too far. So now, <laughs> what you're telling me is that a person can open their phone, swipe up, get on a farmers only first. Oh my god! Yes, they can find their own match while searching See, for, for their match, cows match. For their cows match, and sometimes they might be the same depending on. Uh, and more than likely, their cow will get luckier than they. Potentially, and 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 Doug Barner, the CEO of Hectar Agritech, which runs it. Uh, says matching livestock online is easier than it is to match humans because there's a huge amount of data that sits behind these wonderful animals that predicts what their offspring will be. Too bad there's not a dating app where you can predict what the offspring of that person will be. That would, 
that might that might work in the, in the, in the opposite of your favor. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go f- fuck you. Hey, now we gotta we gotta bleep these out. Oh, oh. you know I. It is a sad day when a heifer has better luck. No. Yeah. Getting a date than me. Anyway, uh, like we said, lighthearted ending. I hate you. Uh, to all those people, you were planning this or something. No, you had no. Like, there's no way this is a coincidence. Of course, it is. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day was last week. Um, hopefully, our listeners had a wonderful week. And if they didn't, you know, maybe this app is something they want to look into. Uh, you know, for all you heifers out there, I don't want to. I don't want to judge our listeners, but uh, anyway, uh, we'll we'll call it we'll call it for this week, <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you this time next week here on Carpe Noctum. Hope you heifers have a great night. Hi, this is Dylan from Carpe Noctum. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Adelier Naturals. Do you like simple, holistic body care? Visit at Atelier Naturals on Twitter to learn more. That's at A-T-E-L-I-E-R Naturals. Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shook and Dylan Kiever. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.